Analytical Hypnosis and Transforming Therapy, Part 1 Welcome to HypnoTalks. I'm your host Axel Hombach. I'm a hypnotist and trainer for hypnosis and self-hypnosis in Cologne, Germany. You're listening to a mini-series of three interviews on analytical hypnosis and transforming therapy with me and the neurologist and medical hypnotherapist Dr. John Butler, the founder and director of the HTI in London. John Butler and I are starting to talk about what are analytical hypnosis and transforming therapy. What is the difference that makes the transforming therapy so seminal and how has it influenced many of the more current versions of hypnosis? John Butler is currently online with me. Hello, John. Hello, Axel. Thank you for joining me on this series on analytical hypnosis and transforming therapy. How are you today? Uh, very well, thank you. And thank you for the, uh, the opportunity to talk again at one of our informal Q&As. Uh, I'm happy to speak about transforming therapy and other matters related to hypnosis. Before we dig right into the topic, let me set the stage. As I said, you are the director of the HTI in London. The HTI is the Hypnotherapy Training International, one of the leading schools of hypnotherapy training in the world. The HTI continues the work and legacy of the original HTI, the Hypnotism Training Institute in Los Angeles, founded by the legendary Gil Boyne. Gilboyne changed hypnosis, hypnotism and hypnotherapy with his seminal transforming therapy approach in a way probably no one else has and whose method is still over 50 years later the principal foundation of modern hypnotherapy. Gilboyne also became the publisher of Dave Elman's book and audio recordings when they had disappeared from publication and so probably saved Dave Elman's legacy for our benefit. The research neurologist Dr. John Butler is Gilboyne's successor, trained and licensed by Gilboyne himself to teach transforming therapy as it was intended. He is the head of the HTI and Westwood Publishing, and he is one of the leading medical and psychological hypnotherapists in the world. Many of his participants of his classes and workshops regard him an outstanding teacher. Just one more remark on the legal circumstances. Regarding the words therapy and therapist, so that it is absolutely clear how you use the words. John, when you talk about therapists, you actually mean the hypnotist. And when you talk about therapy, you mean the application of hypnosis, no matter if it is actual therapy or coaching, right? Oh yeah, okay. Let's say that again. Okay. I want to make that clear because depending on the country where you are, the word therapist has a different meaning. For example, here where I am in Germany, we make a difference between coaching and therapy, coaches and therapists. I'm sure that's also the case in other countries. I know that in Britain you have a completely different perspective on therapy that is not one-to-one -one translatable and comparable to the legal situation we have here in Germany. So when you talk about a therapist, you actually mean the person 
who hypnotizes, including both hypnocoaches and hypnotherapists. Is that correct? Yes, of course, therapy can be used in a very general way. We talk in the UK, uh, in, in the public use of the, the term, it can mean uh, retail therapy or anything that people enjoy doing that helps them. It doesn't have to be uh, psychotherapy, medical therapies or psychological therapies of any kind. So that's a broad approach to the use of the word. In some countries, the word therapy is restricted to medical or psychological therapies. And so in that context, where that person is practicing a form of hypnosis that is for helping a client achieve certain goals, but is not being used for medical or psychological purposes, well, then, of course, they shouldn't use the word therapy or therapist. Now, of course, the word has, like all uses of words, it has commercial, it has uh, legal and other implications. And sometimes, quite frankly, the interpretation of the word can be uh, so restrictive and even ridiculous uh, that it's 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 kind of becomes a just a battle for legal interpretation but at the same time uh, we advise practitioners to stay within the law and if the word therapy is not to be used in that context in the work that they're doing in their country uh, to avoid it of course and the word hypnosis or coaching hypno coaching is perfectly acceptable with that said John, currently you are probably the most knowledgeable person regarding transforming therapy and you have taken, so to speak, the flame to carry it on after the unfortunate passing away of Gil Boyne and you are working to spread the method and continue the development. Yes, well, I have uh, been practicing transforming therapy for many, many years, Axel, and our school was uh, originally licensed by Gil Boyne And, of course, he came and taught with us in his latter years uh, here in London. And I've been teaching it around the world, of course, including with Gilboyne himself. And since he's passed on, uh, I've been working, developing the method and teaching it to the next generation. So I think that's a fair summary, uh, what you've actually said. I'm often asked, what is it that makes transforming therapy so different from other methods that are taught, not only here in Germany, but also worldwide? What is it that makes transforming therapy special? What makes it seminal? Why should anybody learn transforming therapy? Before we go into greater detail of the method, could you summarize from your perspective, what makes transforming therapy special, seminal and worth learning? Well, Axel, there are many elements that make a, a transforming therapy uh, such a sophisticated and in-depth approach to hypnotherapy. And as you are aware, there are many forms and styles of hypnosis out there. Some are very, very simplistic, uh, which takes hypnosis as really just a form of suggestion therapy. And, of course, even suggestion aspects of hypnotherapy require a lot of understanding and a lot of skills to use them effectively. But transforming therapy uh, includes an awful lot more, including many sophisticated uncovering methods and methods of dealing with the emotional energies that are uncovered 
uh, going back to fixed ideas in the subconscious that were learned very often early in life, and learning how to re-educate the subconscious, to let go of some of those false, unhealthy beliefs, so that the client can experience a very profound form of transformation, which is why it was called transforming therapy. But actually, if you really want to look at understanding where it comes from, you've really got to look at the person, the real founder of transforming therapy, Gil Boyne, who, of course, he never failed to acknowledge the sources that he drew upon. And he himself was very well versed in the work of Dave Ellman. And Gil studied with many of the famous psychologists and psychotherapists and psychiatrists in the 50s, 60s. And he developed his system from a great deal of knowledge from other people, as well as from vast experience of working with clients, and a great deal of natural skill and talent for working with hypnosis. Uh, if you look back at the history of hypnosis in the 20th century, most people look at Gil Boyne and Dave Ellman as the primary people responsible for the most important developments in hypnotherapy in the last century. And outside of the academic model, which for much of the time was really stuck in the old psychodynamic Freudian model, and in some cases the strict behaviorist model, and then laterally with some of the so-called cognitive approaches. Well, Gilboyne was really versed, very well versed in the classical tradition of hypnotherapy. And he himself had studied with many of the old hypnotherapists. He then branched out into looking at hypnotherapy with all of the knowledge and the expertise of other people who didn't call their work hypnosis, but he felt was very relevant to this work. And he decided to include that in, our, in the, the work that he did with hypnosis. The work of Erickson was significant to him, but Erickson didn't leave a system as such. It's been turned into a system, but it was really uh, several principles about being creative. So, Elman and Boyne are often quoted as having the most influence, and I think that's justified. Virtually everything about modern in-depth hypnotherapy really derives, or at least is highly, highly influenced by Gil Boyne. And if you look back to the 1950s when he first started his school and realized that he needed to include more than the 50 hours of training that he started out with. He needed to impart a lot more knowledge to his students because they were often dealing with matters of uh, early childhood experience and traumatic material sometimes that needed an in-depth approach. And he began to develop the uncovering methods, as I said, the methods of regression, all of which built on the work of Dave Ellman, but took things quite a lot further. And that brings us really to this sophisticated system that Gilboyne developed in the 1960s. And then in the 1970s, he taught that worldwide and produced a range of products and teaching materials bearing that title, Transforming Therapy, which is now being copied and used uh, by many people, even though they don't always acknowledge the roots of and sometimes don't even know where it's come from. The influence that Gil Boyne had with his transforming therapy approach since the 1970s is amazing. When I talk about transforming therapy, I usually call it analytical hypnosis. 
However, most people seem to understand when they hear analytical hypnosis, regression hypnosis. But as far as I remember from your classes, analytical hypnosis is not only the regression part, it contains so many more elements and aspects. As you mentioned just a few minutes ago, the highly effective uncovering methods that are a very substantial part of transforming therapy. In how far is the analytical part in which many people are interested hearing about different or special in transforming therapy? How has transforming therapy influenced analytical hypnosis, for example, by integrating the effect bridge? different kinds of regression or how do you need to prepare regression john in how far is that different or special in transforming therapy well the analysis begins during the consultation based on what the client is revealing and the therapist begins to work with that right off at the beginning uh, the consultation involves many skills learning the art of consultation, observation, listening, how to gather information, how to interact with the client, build a relationship. All of those need to be covered properly in any training course. And then it takes time for the therapist to master those skills in their, in their own practice. Uh, during the learning and later on in practice, they'll be developing those skills to high levels if they're a, a diligent student. Now, When the uncovering of deep emotional material and fixed ideas occurs, well, then the analysis goes to a different stage. And based on principles of intensification of emotion, adding more emotion to the first emotion that comes out, maybe which is not the most predominant one, but maybe the first to emerge, and then using an affect bridge with the predominant underlying emotion, We can then go back to the origins of that emotion and learn where it comes from. And the various beliefs and ideas, the so-called fixed ideas that are driving these emotions and the primary emotion. And then the analysis goes through another stage. So you see, there are many parts to this analysis, the process we're calling analysis. As I remember from your classes, transforming therapy emphasizes the importance of the fixed ideas. As I've understood, these are more or less identical with what's called in other systems the beliefs or the core beliefs a person has about him or herself. Now, transforming therapy very carefully works out the core beliefs or the fixed ideas about oneself and uses them to discover the underlying emotions, the underlying beliefs the underlying neural network that the mind has formed. While when I talk to other hypnotists, it seems that other approaches seem to go directly for the emotion and they don't care about fixed ideas or beliefs. Would you say that this is a different approach in transforming therapy compared to other approaches? Well, I certainly think it's important to find the fixed ideas or fixed beliefs. The E-Day fix, as it was called back in the 19th century, and there's no reason we should even abandon that. It's a very clear description of the problem. The idea that there are fixed ideas that are unhealthy in the mind, and they are lodged at a very powerful level often, and they are beliefs, they're emotionalized beliefs, and they have an emotional hold over the person that can't be broken by logical means alone. 
by any what we're now calling cognitive methods, at least for a lot of therapists. You can challenge them with cognitive thinking. You may ameliorate their effects, modify them even to some extent, but very often they're very resistant, as we see with many cognitive therapies, that they now have to pursue a form of therapy, very often using hypnosis, to begin to change those fixed beliefs, those fixed ideas. So to chase the emotion alone, to my mind, is a mistake. It's a bit like you're chasing the smoke but not getting to the fire. The emotion is the heat. It's the kind of, a, you know, the, what's given off by the belief. I believe I'm not good enough, maybe, and then I feel depressed. I feel angry. I feel fearful in life. But if you just simply chase emotion, you're only chasing an effect rather than a cause. How I often describe emotions is that they are something like a bookmark of what was stored by the part of the brain that we call the limbic system. That when we learn something, this is connected to an emotion. With this emotion then, we can stir up old memories that are connected to certain beliefs, to assumptions we make about ourselves. And with transforming therapy now, when we use uncovering methods, as for example the sentence completion, then we are actually tapping into the decisions that we made when we were often very young and are connected to certain emotions. So emotions can lead to something. But if you go with uncovering methods, you're going for the assumptions that we make about ourselves, the beliefs, the fixed ideas. Then you find the actual underlying matter that then can be dealt with in the further analytical process. From your point of view, John, is that a valid description of what we do in transforming therapy? Uh, yes, Axel, I'd say that's a good description. Uh, we can use the emotion which is usually what the person experiences as at the surface level. Their feelings are there and they know they're not healthy, uh, but they don't understand where those uh, feelings are really coming from, what part of the mind, what experiences. Well, they may have some idea, but they don't really understand it sufficiently. And the ideas that are driving those beliefs. So the emotion can be tracked back to its source. And we often say, The truth, the psychic truth lies close to the emotion. And it'll bring us into the uh, experiences and the thoughts and feelings and beliefs around that emotional energy that are the root of the problem. And the, at the core of it, you will have a, a fixed idea, usually a false or limiting fixed belief that is creating this emotional problem area in life, that conflict at the emotional level. Thank you very much, John. Unfortunately, my clock is telling me that we have come to an end of the first part of our series on analytical hypnosis and transforming therapy. Thank you very much again for your insight, for your information, for your time. And then let's continue with more information on analytical hypnosis and transforming therapy in the second part. Well, Axel, thank you very much. I'm delighted to have just touched on a few key points. We've just skimmed over them in many ways, and there are so many other key points as well uh, to understanding about deep hypnotherapy, uh, a transforming therapy approach to it. I'd be delighted to speak to you again, and so thank you very much.
You are most welcome. Thank you very much and goodbye for now. Goodbye. To all of our listeners, if you have liked this episode, please give us a like, a friendly comment, subscribe to our channels and share this episode via email and on social media. And make sure to follow up with the next episode. If you haven't listened to the other episodes yet, please do so. With that said, I'm Axel Hombach, online with Dr. John Butler. Have a great time. Until next time.